Oh, greetings there, travelers. Welcome back to the end of the seven dice. Hope you're doing all right. It's been a pretty hectic while here. It's, um... Well, we've uncovered quite a few little new nooks and crannies, and honestly, it seems like the inn continuously shifts itself. I swear this place is alive. Now, I know I built this inn with my own two hands, but just some days, I don't know. One day there's a room here, then there's a door over there. It's just getting weirder and weirder, but I guess that's the day and age we live in. God, it's bright outside. All right, well, we go over just over there. Oh, greetings there, travelers. Welcome back. It's me, Wingever Gimbal, famous name Bows. How are you all doing? Super. Okay, yeah. So, we've been having a pretty good time here at the inn. I found a room that I opened up and suddenly it was a wine cellar. There was another door that I opened up and there was dinosaurs in there. It's just been a, a wacky little bit. We hired some strange construction people to help us out. Now that I think about it, they were a bit too cheery. Shit. And we probably ended up hiring cultists. Damn it! Oh my. You know, they always do this to you. You think you're getting such a good deal, and then suddenly, boom. I worship an eldritch being, and I'm gonna make your house into a weird torture horror house. Or a fun house, or... Well, I don't know. I'm gonna open up a room, and it's just gonna be full of wet shoes. Oh. Oh, well. Well, Travelers, that's my day. Oh, Travelers, I almost forgot. We got some fan mail. Uh, remember, if you ever want to send in some fan mail travelers, just head on over to the old iTunes and uh, hit those star buttons and you, you, you write a little thing, a little blurb about about the show. And uh, we absolutely love it whenever we get them. It just makes our spirits soar. Uh, this one is epic. Five stars. This is the best D&D story ever. I even painted the symbol on my hand. That's from Dragon Wealth 1324 from the United States. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, careful if you paint the symbol on your hand, Dragon Wolf, it, or, or your paw, or your claw. It, it might actually start taking shape and rip into your body and consume your soul. But thanks so much for enjoying the story. We're so glad you like it. Oh, yes, we, we do have a Battle Bards person here. They just went to the washroom. Oh, there they are. Why don't you come on over here? What's your name? Darkblade. Your name's Darkblade? That's right. My name's Darkblade. Oh, although you can call me Irvin. Why are you dressed like that? Why all the leather? Because darkness is my soul. Just like this blade of darkness is also my soul. You... your soul turns into a sword? That's right. It has been passed down my family and will pass down to other families for generations to come. We are the Dark Blade. Actually kind of cool. Alright. Oh, okay, okay. Go, go ahead. Give your spiel. Make sure you head on over to Battle Bards. I'm a trainee at Battle Bards right now. I needed money. What I need money for? For my organization. Inside an organization. Inside, that's right, an organization. We're fighting for justice using sound effects like disintegration or the wailing of the dead because the dead wailing is like the sound of my soul, which is also a dark blade. 
That's right, I'm Darkblade. Head on over to BattleBirds.com for your sweet sounds. So you can just make that sword appear? Like it just pops on out of your hand, just like that? It could pop out of my hand. It could pop out of my nose. It doesn't matter. That's actually kind of cool. Okay, yeah, thanks, um, Darkblade. Go sit over there, there's little refreshments. We usually set them out for, for the bards that come by. Not all of them eat them. Just had to build a new damn mailbox, so that's something. You didn't destroy our mailbox, did you? No. Okay, well, well alright. It wasn't too bad, honestly. Alright, travelers, where we last left off, our heroes had... Well, they tried to go shopping, and jeez, they cannot ever shop, these poor heroes. And now they're facing the consequences of a, a transaction. Let's see if our heroes can make it through this dangerous tale. I give you what lurks in the deep pounds, fame. Hey, I'm Brent, and I'm playing Kalsar, the Tiefling Paladin and Chosen of Yetifa. Hi, uh, I'm Humberto, and I'm playing Bordon, Dwarven Cleric and Chosen of Time. I'm Evan, and I'm playing Ronnie, the Half-Elf Bard and Chosen of Chaos. Hey, I'm Robert, and I'm playing MZ, the Gith Yankee Ranger and Chosen of Hey, I'm Jason, and I'll be playing Drax here. A dragonborn artificer and chosen of machines. Previously, on the Barrel of the Seven Dice, our heroes had just finished going to the docks and finding a different kind of cultist group and eradicating them completely. After figuring out that these were worshippers of a being known as Dagon, they had gone through their different areas of research, it seems there were labs in this cave. They found that they were experimenting on Chosen and creating all sorts of vicious monsters including the creatures that attacked New Dawn and caused so many deaths. It had something that was called the Touch of the Idiot God, which only led to more questions. After discovering, through fate, a poster that seemed to be for a play called A King in Yellow, they found out that the cultists were actually quite afraid of this play and they wanted to look more into it. It seemed to enrage Father Matthews. The hitters then went from this strange cultist lair that was located in the docks and decided it was time to do some shopping. MZ decided to hang back at the headquarters and get some rest, while Ronnie and Draxia went off to the jeweler's shop. Borodon, just acquiring a new magic shield, decided that he was going to go meet up with Ronnie and Draxia. And, as he was coming down the street and the two were inside the jeweler's shop, Karen's Jewelry, the front of the shop had completely blown off, and standing there were five cultists in the street. 
with another person who looked like their skin was made of stone and they had a symbol on their left hand and a black bag over their head. These cultists completely blasted off the front of this shop. You see this one woman, she steps forward. She has these two large tentacles coming out of her back. She's wearing these red robes. The symbol of the shining god is dangling around her neck. And she points out at you, Draxir, Ronnie, and Uhtred that's standing with you. You assholes blew up our lab. <sighs> mm. We're going to get even. And I need initiative. <laughs> Joke's on you, we don't have a lab. <laughs> got a 12. 18. I got 11. Dwarven legs. Gotta get you some fancy boots. I know, right? Alright, so we start off with Ronnie. So Ronnie, these five cultists are looking at you with a... Looks like a prisoner in between them. Do I really care what the prisoner? I don't know. I don't know either. Alright. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, cast uh, Stinking Cloud right in the middle of that big old pack of them. Oh my god. This again. It goes 20, <laughs> it goes 20 feet. <laughs> Where's the prisoner? Like, They're in the middle, but it doesn't actually do damage. Okay. It just causes them to like lose a turn. So Okay. Yeah. Alright, so like pretty much this whole area is It's all gassed up. Stinky and gross. Yeah. So you hold out your hands and uh, what instrument do you use to make this? Oh, um what are they called? Castanets? You know those little cl- clicky things? Oh my god. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you start clicking away? couple of those and then throw them in the middle they're like little stink bombs (laughs) and they go sailing they start glowing this putrid green color and as they hit the ground they erupt into this gaseous form so three of them are immediately sickened and it looks like the prisoners as well and they all start coughing and retching but it looks like the two in the back aren't really bothered the one woman who originally called you out and one of the other minions And they're all, like, they're trying to get away from this gas, and they're just trying to move. Do they get any actions, like a movement, or...? Uh, it doesn't actually say. What does it say? Are they sickened for one round, or for their...? They spend its action that turn retching and reeling. Oh, okay. Yeah. You see the woman in the back who had pointed you out, she walks forward, and one of her tentacles pulls out this weird almost syringe looking thing it's a little too large though she jabs it into the back of one of these cultists and presses down on it and you watch as this injection goes into this cultist their body starts bubbling and forming and you watch these three incredibly thin gangly creatures just sort of form out of the cultist's body and each time one comes out her body, like more and more of it is taken away. And these creatures, they have like barely two inch thick limbs. Their heads are long, thin and willowy. Their bodies are kind of almost moving with the wind and they have little suction cup fingers. They've sent stick men for us. Do you have like a picture of those creatures? I actually made them up. Oh, Um. okay, so they don't (laughs) exist. One thing I would say, you know in that super fucking creepy, um, Evan, what's that guy who made that mountain thing where everyone wants to fit in their hole? Jujito? Oh! Yeah. Oh, I see. If you guys know those thin things that they found in there? Yeah. Yeah, that's what they look like. No. Mm. No. 
As they come out, they don't look like they're bothered by the gas, and they just sort of start loosening up and stretching and flexing and looking around. You see one of them turns towards another one of the sickened cultists, and it latches down with its fingers. So you see it latches down onto one of these cultists, and you see these veins start appearing on its long, thin, spindly arms, and you watch as this cultist starts growing gaunt, and this thin creature starts getting larger, and its limbs start filling out, and its head starts filling out, and you just watch the cultist in front of it getting drained. The, the other cultist who wasn't sickened, they go charging forward, they pull out these two daggers, and they go running at Uhtred. That's aggressive. You're not here for a good time. Uh, both of those attacks miss hard. <laughs> so they come up, and they just start clanging off of Uhtred, but the steely skin that it has, it just doesn't affect it at all. And we go down from the cultist go to Draxir. All right, so Uhtred's going to retaliate by biting that cultist that attacked him. Okay. And that is a 17 to hit. That's a hit. Uh, six points of damage. And then I'll get Draxir to run up on the... We'll run up kind of to the side of the cultist. Yeah. And take a couple stabs with his trident. The 14 and 15 to hit. Those both hit. Oh, wow. All right, so the first one, six piercing and three force. And the second one hits for four piercing. Do you still have lightning on these weapons? Uh, it's probably been more than an hour, so probably not. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I didn't get a chance to recast arcane weapons, so no. Okay. So you just start slamming your spear into this cultist, and you just keep stabbing and ripping out. This blood is coming out and spilling onto the ground. It's just red, normal-looking blood compared to most of the creatures that you've been facing, even some of the people that you've been facing. It's always been this weird yellowish ichor that stinks, but this just looks like a person, and they're barely standing as their blood is just falling down. It goes to Borodon. Okay, can I use investigation? So, I don't know if that would be the right thing, but like to understand like the current situation... You can roll a perception if you want. Yeah, perception, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got 23 in total. So these cultists came in clearly for revenge. Uh Uh-huh. And these ones are obviously cultists of the Shining God. You see the symbols on them are very clear. It looks like whoever they brought in must be a Chosen, because your really keen vision through this cloud, you can see the symbol on their left hand. Mm -hmm. And it looks like... The woman who came with all these cultists is... She clearly has no regard for everyone else's life. She already killed one of them and turned them into three strange beings. And these beings are already absorbing the cultists and empowering themselves. Okay, so killing the cultists should be our first... um, Our top priority then. Yeah, so... Then we... Like those other creatures, they wouldn't get empowered. That's basically it, right? That's what you can tell, yeah. They seem to be draining the cultists and okay. using their, their life force. Okay, so Lucas, I'm going to use Insight Greed. So those, uh, like these cultists, they are actual humans, right? That's right. Okay, so I'll use Insight Greed and uh, I'll just 
Uh, do, do I have like a, a gem? Uh, yeah, we'll say like you. If you need like spell components, as long as the spell components aren't like a hundred gold or something, then I'm generally okay with it. It's it's like fifty gold. Yeah, we just say like you remove some money and you can you can use it no problem. Uh, okay, so that's that's what I'll do. What does this uh, spell do? When you cast the spell, you present the gem as the material component and choose any number of creatures within range that can see you. Each target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be charmed by you until the spell ends, or until you or your companions do anything harmful to it. While charmed in this way, a creature can do nothing but use its movement to approach you in a safe manner. While an affected creature is within 5 feet of you, it cannot move, but simply stares greedily at the gem you present. At the end of each turn, an affected target can make a wisdom saving throw. If it succeeds, this effect ends for that target. Okay, so they have to make wisdom saving throws. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just trying to pull those creatures away from... Um, I don't think this gem would get used up from the spell. It just sounds like you just need it as like a focus. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. just put that in your inventory that you have one then. Okay. I'll just remove like 50 pieces of gold. Yeah. And just have like a gem and then just say it's a... I'm okay with that because I, I never give you guys gems, so that's on me. Uh, so uh, what's the range of this spell? Just so I know who I'm all rolling for. Uh, 30 feet. All right, so you run up to the edge of this cloud and you hold out this gem. It starts shining this reddish color. And it catches all the cultists' eyes. And what's the DC? So it's 15. You hold out this gem and the cultists all look at it. You see the two ones that are retching, they look up and while there's fluids coming out of their mouth and their eyes are watering, they see this gem and it's all they want and they look like they're starting to crawl towards you while they're just horrendously sick mm -hmm. and the one in the back who used the syringe with the two tentacles coming out of her back she glances at the gem and for a moment it looks like her eyes are transfixed on it mm -hmm. and then she looks away okay then it goes back to Ronnie. if I do the little swap places is that a full turn I don't remember if I told you if it was a bonus action or not yeah. I say that would be an action, because it's like you're casting a spell or using an ability. Okay. Okay. Uh, first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to yell out to Draxir. To, uh, maybe your dog can pull that uh, pull that hostage out of there, since the dog doesn't have to breathe and all. We can try. Yeah. Or spy I don't actually know it. It's like a... Catablepis? Yeah. I, I think it's... It's like a llama and an ox. Okay. <laughs> oh, one of those things that makes stuff yeah. stone. I played Castlevania. I know what you're talking about. Wait, do <laughs> they turn things to stone? I know it has poison. In Castlevania, they oh, yeah. yeah. They like spew sure. poison. I know that much. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Never. Well, in video games, they often get things wrong, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also poison resistant. I don't really know how that would work with the cloud, per se, but... I give you advantage on it. I guess I will also use my bonus action to give uh, Bard inspiration to uh, Draxir's pet on whatever it's about to do. And then I guess I'm just going to shoot at the main girl with my gun. Yeah, just yell out, good boy. 
That's a good. That's <laughs> <hard enough. laughs> so I will uh, fire that guy. I don't remember what the eleven. <laughs> Fuck. So you fire your pistol off, and this like blast of fire just cuts right through. Mm. It leaves like this little hole in the vapors, mm. and then the they quickly close back up, and it hits into the wall behind her. And she glances over at you, Ronnie, and goes, interesting. Okay. <laughs> and then she turns, she waves one hand, and you see these creatures start lumbering around. The one that's slightly larger, it continues trying to drain off this cultist, and the other two lurch towards Borodon. The two cultists that are transfixed on you, Borodon, they're crawling over rubble, and they can't move very well, but they're just looking at you and trying to come towards you. Mm-hmm. And what happens when one of these cultists is hurt? They get to make a save, or is it automatically? It doesn't say anything. Oh, no. It just keeps looking, so it doesn't matter. Okay. So, Bordon, what's your AC? My AC is 18. Nice. Because you have scale mail, your dexterity, and the plus one shield. Yeah. So these two creatures lunge at you. One of them hits you, but you bring your new shield up and you block the other. But you feel as the one hits onto you, something strange starts to happen. Your strength decreases by two temporarily. Mm -hmm. And you watch as this creature gets stronger. It starts bulking up, starts looking larger, its arms are filling out. And you take one point of damage. <laughs> All I can think are like the fit memes that are like, Coronavirus season is for bulking, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so these creatures are, they look like they're just getting larger as they're attacking people. And, oh shit. The one that is a, you see one of the cultists that's coming towards you, Bordon. The creature that already grew slightly larger from hitting it before. Mm-hmm. It goes up and it grabs onto either side of the cultist's head and just like pushes in and crushes it. And you watch their head just explode. As this creature gets even larger, you see its arms are now actually fairly thick. It's starting to like really bulk up. Like it's looking like it's about as strong as some of your other companions. And the cultist's body just limply falls to the ground. It turns towards Ronnie and Draxir and just roars out this weird, echoey roar. And the last cultist in front of Uhtred and Draxir, they look around panicked and they just try to run. So you and Uhtred get an attack of opportunity. So my hit is an 25 altogether, and Uhtred's is... A seven. The all right. So Draxir, you hit and Uhtred misses. That's for seven damage. So you, as this person starts to run, they're like, I, I, I didn't sign up for this, and they start running. You slam your trident right through them. It pierces through the other side, and you rip it out. Their body just tumbles down to the ground. Their blood pooling into this mist of stinking cloud. You see the cultist woman. She calmly walks up to this prisoner who's trying to move, but they're also just retching, and they're in this black hood. Their arms are tied. Their legs are tied. And she takes this syringe and stabs it into the side of this person's neck and just pushes down 
while looking at all of you and lets go and the syringe is still sticking out of their neck and then she just starts to walk away. So she's still visible. She's starting to go into an alley. Fuck. Then we go to Drexir. I'm just thinking of like, is she going to somehow be able to like drain them with the syringe? Even though she's not like close to them? It's probably magical or something. Could be. Fuck. We, we already committed last turn that we were going to try to save this person. So actually both Uhtred and I are going to run up to the hostage and try to drag them out of the cloud kind of towards where I was standing previously. Okay, make me a constitution saving throw with advantage. Uh, that was a 16. And Ronnie, what's the saving throw? Constitution 16. All right, defender wins. So you go in there and you are almost brought to your knees just by the horrible smell. But you just shake your head and you and Uhtred grab on to this prisoner. And this syringe is still sticking out of their neck. Like, it's fairly large. You are pulling them back out of this cloud. And I imagine you're pulling them towards the broken uh, jeweler shop. Yeah, that's. I'd want to go back to where I was because I know it's like more or less safe there. All right, so you drag them out of the cloud. You're dragging them like over rubble and broken stone and everything and just bringing them up to this shop's edge. And this cloud is still swirling around. And we go to Borodon. So Borodon, you have two of these strange creatures in front of you and one cultist just their eyes wide as they're crawling towards you. I don't know if that would work, but if I throw the gem somewhere, would he still go towards that gem? It looks like it just approaches you. I think the gem itself is like a conduit for you using the spell. Okay. So it's like the, you still are casting the spell, but the gem is just letting you okay. use it. Can I keep casting the spell, but I like do a melee attack? Yeah. You could also use any other spell that doesn't have concentration. You can only have one concentration spell at a time, and then you could do whatever you want for your other stuff. Okay, so Hadouken it is. <laughs> Are you going to hit the one that grew larger after it hit you, or the smaller one? And none of them are actually hurt, right? No, they look fine. Uh. But there's one that's really large that killed the cultist. There's one that's kind of big that drained from you. And then there's one that hasn't hit anyone yet, and it's still pretty thin and willowy. So I want to hit, like, the, the weakest one. Okay. With a uh, guiding boat. There's also... Like uh, another advantage of guiding boat, and the next attack row makes uh, made against this target before the end of your turn, of your next turn has advantage. Yep. Are you casting it as a first level spell? Yes, because um, we didn't we didn't get to rest. That's right. Okay, I got nine. So yeah, I missed. So you fire this Hadouken out once more. It misses the creature and it blows the side off another building. And like rubble and everything goes flying. People are screaming. And this creature is just kind of, it's really thin, so it was hard to hit. And it goes from Bordon up to Ronnie. If I would just made like if I just made like a like a guess, like I did a little quick perception on the lady who's walking away, mm-hmm. does it look like how strong compared to us does it look like? Does it look like something we could feasibly kill, or is it like a bullshit story monster? 
I'll say <laughs> make an insight check. Okay. And technically, you could kill anything. It's just you tend not to. If it bleeds, we can kill it. No, I'm going to say there's... Like when Brent charges up, he notoriously rolls real low. <laughs> 14. Yeah, I mean, she she definitely looks stronger. Clearly, his tentacles coming out of her back. She's enhanced, but, I mean, it should be all right. Okay, I'm going to run towards the cloud, take a diving leap, and change places with them so that they re-enter the cloud and need to make another saving throw. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that's just what happens, because that's your ability. <laughs> so she's walking away pretty calmly. Like, she's like, I got this. And uh, she just, like, starts leaving. You jump and leap, and you two watch as Ronnie starts to flicker. And one minute he's diving into the cloud, the next minute you see this shiny golden boy rolling into the alley and hitting into trash. <laughs> And Ronnie, you look back, and she is, her eyes are really wide, she's startled, and uh, she does not succeed that constitution saving throw, so she just starts retching. Fuck yeah. Alright. Uh, and then from Ronnie, <laughs> it goes to the monster's turn. Oh, fuck, I didn't expect that. So, Bordon, these, the cultist walks up to the other side of you, and they're just kind of looking at you, and they really want the stone, but Every time they bring their hand up to grab it, they just, like, put their hand back down, and they just keep staring at you. These two creatures continue to swing at you. And you said your AC was 18? Yes. Okay, that's a miss. So one of these creatures hits you. So you lose one point uh, more of strength. You take three points of damage. Okay. And you watch as this creature gets even larger. And now it looks like... This creature that's standing in front of you, because the other one's a little bit of ways away, it's inside all that, like, stinking cloud. You couldn't look at it quite clearly. But the one, as it drains more of your strength, you see its skin start to ripple and mutate, and it looks thicker and tougher. Oh, okay. And then the other one, so the woman is hacking and coughing, and she raises a hand towards the other one, and it marches over to her. And she goes to, like, accept its hand like it's going to help her up calmly. And it just takes her and throws her. And she goes sailing, and she smashes into the back of the wall. Get a one there, Luke. Mm-mm. She took damage, though. This hurt. So she crashes through the wall, and you hear her cry out. There's blood coming down her head. You see a few splinters of wood sticking out of her. This creature is even larger now. Now this creature looks like it is at least seven feet tall, and it's starting to march towards Draxir and Uhtred. Oh my god. Draxir, you notice that its hands are larger, and it looks like it has claws sticking out of them. All this while I sleep soundly. MZ, you roll over. You're just a little uncomfortable. The blanket's kind of half on yeah. you. Just pull the rest yeah. off. You're okay. My arm was a little bit numb, so, you know, I had to kind of stretch out. Yeah. It's just, it's comfy. Yeah. You turn the fan on for some white noise. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then we go from the monsters go to Dragseer. All right. Well, I want to try and kill this thing, so... Uhtred is going to run right into the storm. Okay. By this creature and 
bite it kind of from behind, if possible, slash the side. If it goes past its side, it will get an attack of opportunity on Uhtred, but you can still do that if you'd like. I'll sleep Uhtred at the side. Okay. And that was a seven to hit. That is a miss. And I'm going to run up kind of to the edge of the cloud and take a couple of stabs with my trident. Okay. This one is a 15 to hit and 20 altogether. Those are both hits. So that first one will do nine piercing and five force damage. Okay. And the second will do three piercing. So you stab into this creature and you look like its skin is tougher, just like how I explained it to Bordon about the other one. And you're stabbing into it and it's reacting to the damage. It's roaring out in pain. It's not even noticing Uhtred. It's just kind of like ignoring it and just looking over at you hungrily. Its beady little black eyes are staring right into you. Its hands are reaching out. You still see like underneath its skin, it looks like it's rippling and still forming. And from Draxir goes to Bordon. You have a willowy one on your left side. You have a cultist on your right who's just staring at you. And you have the larger one in front of you that's been draining you. I'll try hitting like the weakest one. Sure. 16. That's a hit. 21. So you, your hand starts to light up. You blast it just at point blank shot. It hits it and you see a large portion of it is burned up and crispy. It has one arm that's still usable and it looks barely up at all. And now there is this white sort of flame that's circling around it, making it easier to hit. Mm-hmm. And from your go, it is Ronnie. So Ronnie, you are on the other side of this smoke cloud. Uh, how, how damaged does this stuff by Bordon look? Oh, uh, the one that Bordon just hit with a guiding bolt, it looks really hurt. And then the other one that's near him, it looks, it's untouched and it's quite large. Okay, can I also make a quick little perception check on the giant-ass monster? And if this kind of transformation looks like like magical or natural? Uh, it looks natural. Okay. It looks like it's, it's just like a, a parasitic creature. Okay. I'm going to light up concentration on the sinking cloud. Okay. I'm uh, moving closer kind of between the giant guy attacking Draxir and uh, one of the ones attacking Borodon and from there with my 15 feet cube of thunder wave <laughs> uh, casting that at 4th level oh shit yeah. oh fuck so it's 5d8 <laughs> thunderstruck <laughs> what do they have to do for a save is this right constitution is 16 Maybe throw? I guess so uh, so the big guy failed it but the little one uh, passed Oh, and that's the little, the other little one as well. That means the other little one has to make the save, and he fails. Cool. That's a pretty shitty roll. 17. 17. So you slam your hands. This blast goes out. It ripples from you. It almost hits Bordon. Bordon, you're hit with like a little bit of dust and debris. You watch the little one that was beside you that was almost dead get hit with this blast and it just rips apart into pieces and goes flying. And the other one that's in front of you, it takes a brunt of this hit, but it's still glaring at you. The larger one actually gets rocked pretty hard by this. It almost puts it off kilter as it's trying to turn around and face Straxir. So these creatures, uh, you see the woman in the back of the shop 
she's getting up. She has blood, like, dripping off of her. She glares at this creature and looks around to you and says, this isn't my problem anymore. She has to run past Draxir. So, Draxir, she's running past you, and you'll get an attack of opportunity. That is a 14 to hit. That's a miss. All right. So you go to swing, but this large one, it's too much of a threat, and it has your attention, and she just starts running down the street, and you see the blood just dripping off her, leaving this little trail as her tentacles are, like, moving her cloak back up and trying to form themselves underneath it. And this larger creature, it turns all of its attention on you, Draxir. So Draxir, it comes lumbering towards you. Its fists are raised, and it looks like it's trying to bring them down. It's like a sledgehammer. Uh, What's your AC? Uh, AC is 17. Okay. So this creature hits you. You take uh, 10 points of damage, and you lose 2 points of strength. And you watch this creature starts tearing and rippling. Let's see what happens. You see its skin starts forming like a little chitinous plate all over it. And now it looks like it's even more heavily armored. All right. And then the other one in front of Borodon, it goes to swing at him. And it misses completely. It just whiffs right over your head because it was really thrown off by Ronnie's blast. Mm -hmm. And it goes from these creatures to Drexir. Yeah, we're, we're just going to keep attacking this big creature and try to bring it down as much as we can. Okay. So Uhtred's bite will be a nine to hit. It's definitely a miss. Mm-hmm. And my two attacks with the trident are 23 altogether and a 17 altogether. Those are both hits? So the first will do... Four piercing and two force. Okay. And the second will do seven piercing. So you stab into this creature. You're stabbing just below, like, the the little places in these chitinous plates that are forming on it. And it's just yellowish blood is pouring down. It's weaving and bobbing as it's looking around a little anxiously. And it goes from Eudrax here to Borodon. He said, don't I just have one attack, then it's... Riding boat again? Alright. Oh, I got a nine again. Poof. So you blast this down the street. And you just see, like, there was a cart further down. It just fucking explodes. The wheels go flying off into the direction. It almost hits that woman who's running away. And she, like, looks back wide-eyed and just keeps running. <laughs> and this other cultist, he's still just looking at you, and every so often he, like, tries to go for the, the gem, and you look at him, and he just kind of cowers back down. It's, uh, like, the spell, it ends in one minute, just so you know. Okay, so this will be going for a bit. Okay, so from Bordon, it goes to Ronnie. Uh, can I still see that lady running away? Yep. Okay, I'm casting Stinking Cloud on her again. So I'm gonna cast it so they're kind of close to the edge, I guess. Uh, probably around... So they're, like, running into it? Okay, so you're casting it in front of her. So, like, just kind of a uh, kind of a bit in front, so they're still in it. Okay. <laughs> so, you cast this spell. And she just starts coughing and retching, like, the <laughs> moment it comes up, you just hear, fuck <laughs> sakes! And she just, like, claps down to the ground. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> you brought this on yourself, lady. 
<laughs> from Ronnie, it goes to uh, their turn. So the one in front of you, Bordon, it its blood is still leaking down into the ground as it reaches for you. And you bring your shield up easily, deflecting its blows. And the creature in front of you, Draxir, oof, it swings, and you just feel these powerful arms just slam right into you. You take six points of damage, and you lose another two points of strength. Oh my god. If, if we get like below if we get to zero we die right that's right yes so you see draxir this creature it starts to twist and form you watch as it starts to grow even larger now and this creature is at least 13 feet tall as it's lumbering up and its hands are these (laughs) massive just bladed fists and is looking about. Yeah, <laughs> Uhtred is pretty much just underneath it. <laughs> and you're, like, your head is going up as you're watching it continuously form into this giant. All messed up. Well, we're going to keep hacking away at this guy because we want it dead really bad. Mm-hmm. What is your strength at Draxir and Bordon? Uh, mine's at 10. Mine is 13. And that's with the drain on you? Yeah. So Utrecht's going to bite at this thing. That'll be a 20 altogether to hit. That's a hit. Six points of piercing. Then my two attacks are 23 to hit and 17 to hit. Both hits. And the first will do uh, six piercing, sorry, eight piercing and three force. And the second will do four piercing. So you are stabbing to this creature. There's so much blood on the ground. It's almost slippery. This creature, it looks brutal. Its legs are all shredded up as you and Uhtred are just relentlessly attacking. You feel your strength is faltering as you look down. Your hands are shaking while you're holding onto your trident. And it goes from you to Borodon. So Borodon, there's still this uh, larger one in front of you and the cultist. Let me miss again. How much uh, spells do you have left? One. <laughs> oh, this is it, the final yeah. countdown? One last chance. I got 26. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, you hit him. So I got 22 in total. 22. You are just like, you're sick of this creature <laughs> in front of you. You hold out your hand and you just blow him up. As just parts of him go everywhere, a few pieces hit uh, Draxir, a few hit Ronnie, and you instantly feel this surge of energy as all of your strength comes back to you. Good. I slowly don my uh, goggles of dark vision, and I go, <laughs> it's rain to death. <laughs> and it goes uh, from Borodon, so you still have this cultist looking at you, but they're not really doing anything. And then it goes to Ronnie. Oh, actually... What happens? So one of the cabinets in the jewelry shop suddenly kicks open and that dwarven woman comes out and she has this like really decorated massive crossbow. She goes, you sons of bitches. It's going to take me forever to pay off this shop. And uh, she aims it and she just like starts firing it off. And you see multiple bolts are coming out. So you watch as two of these bolts uh, out of three slam into this creature and then she clicks it and the thing's empty. 
but this creature just like sort of backpedals a little bit. It's still up, but it is not looking great. And it goes to you, Ronnie. So the big guy is is looking pretty shabby. Yeah. How shabby? Um, like a gentle breeze can hit this guy over. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I guess I'm I'm already behind him, so I guess I will just poke at him with my uh, rapier. Okay. <laughs> Got a seven. <laughs> so you go to uh, poke at him, and like the rapier kind of bends <laughs> as like you're poking at his, his armor, and like you pull it back, and it doesn't even notice you're there. Well, that's good. You see the woman, she gets to make another saving throw. She gets back up, and she just, like, she flips you off, Ronnie, and she starts hobbling away out of the stinking cloud. Oh, I didn't realize she got to make another saving throw. Fuck, I would have done something different. (laughs) Okay. And then the creature looks down at Drax here and goes to swing again. Oh, my God. Wouldn't be a session without it. Uh, Draxir and Ronnie and Uhtred, you get a tax of opportunity. Oh, man. Cool. As this creature goes to swing, and it slips on its own blood and <laughs> just starts falling. All right, so <laughs> all of my dice decided to roll really fucking well here. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so Uhtred's got a 19 to hit, and I have a 23 and a 24 to hit. Yeah, that was all hit. Yeah, I missed. I got a 9. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you went to trying, you just kind of went like, ah, they look like they got it. We got distracted. So Uhtred's going to, like, fucking mow down on this thing for nine points of piercing damage. And then I'm going to have a stabby, stabby show. Oh, I got snake eyes on those, though. So mm. that'd be six points of piercing damage. You you and Uhtred just rip out the last remaining bits of life in this creature. You feel this surge of energy as your strength just bolsters back into you. And you and Uhtred barely make it out of the way as this creature slams down. And its body is twitching and just laying there. The other woman, she's hobbling away and she looks like she's far down. You're basically you're out of initiative right now, and you still have a cultist that is just looking at Bordon. Like there, you two turn around, and this cultist like reaches for Bordon and just is like standing there. Okay, we're out of initiative. Yeah. If I run, can I still see that lady? Uh, you can make me a perception check. Okay. Actually, is there like a discernible trail of blood? Yes. We could just follow the trail, like. Uh, we could. I might just be able to, to do this now, though. Okay. I got twenty. I got a natural 20. Where's Emzy? Emzy's not here. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Ronnie, you look to the stars. Yeah. yeah although it's still daytime. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And you immediately see her. She's ducking into, like, a few, like, a little crowd of onlookers. Okay. Who are just kind of trying to get out of the way of her. Swap. I got another swap. Oh, my God. So, Ronnie disappears, and these people, you hear this all, as suddenly Ronnie appears within them, he flickers for a minute, and he's gone, and this woman is standing and looks at all of you and goes, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And she puts her hands up. Uhtred and I are both going to, like, run in and apprehend her. Yeah, she lets you. Okay.
Uh, MZ, you wake up with a sound coming <laughs> over your sphere, your communication sphere, mm-hmm. waking up in the middle of a nice sleep, and says, We have some issues. Uh, it looks like some cultists are attacking Death Shift down in the, the market. Oh, I'll just grab my shit and go then. so you're like half awake you know like you're putting on the rest of your shit and you're just running out the door Mm -hmm. so the rest of you you're you're standing there this woman is getting tied up and i imagine like you're using a rope or something drax here what about the scultist yeah, I actually have a rope in my inventory, so we Whoa. will... Someone actually uh, uses their 30 feet of rope for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you just tie him up, and he's just letting you tie him up while he just wants that gem. And a minute passes pretty quick, and suddenly he realizes he's tied up. He's like, oh, oh my god, what was that? <laughs> like, is he actually waiting for me to explain what happened? Yeah, he looks, he's, he's tied up. He doesn't have a lot to say. <laughs> I, I just got my gauntlet. You know, like, full slap on his face. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. The prince in you is finally coming back. Florida's full <laughs> gangster. You just hit this peasant. <laughs> oh, it's actually the back of my hand, you know? Like, <laughs> like, <clears throat> the lady, uh, the dwarven lady comes out of this place. Her makeup and hair and everything's all messed up. She's got some scratches on her, and she's carrying this really large crossbow. Well, what the hell was that? Also, I hope you're still interested in getting that pick and picking it up tomorrow because uh, I'm going to... I'm all the way over in a crowd. (laughs) She's like, I guess she's saying this out and then she's like, wait a minute, where did he go? I'm just going to turn her and be like, actually, I was hoping to buy some gems before this all happened. (laughs) That's, I'd love some sales right now because I got to pay for a goddamn wall. Oh yeah, I need to buy a gem too, actually. And I would also say, like, if there's any spoils of victory here, like, anything valuable that was on these people, she kind of deserves to lay claim. <laughs> there isn't anything on those those cultists. Like, they had, like, some daggers and stuff like that. But you do find another syringe on this woman that you have tied up. She has a dagger that has, like, a jewel in its pommel. Yeah, just give the, like, the dagger to me, and I'll identify it afterward. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the next day, because yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, because I do have that spell, right? I'm I'm gonna pick up the syringe and take this as evidence. This is like a massive, like novelty size thing, or is it like a normal size syringe? It's it's like the size of your forearm. Okay, <laughs> it's pretty pretty novelty sized. Yeah. <laughs> There's one still literally sticking out of the neck of the hostage. Oh, right. The hostage is kind of mm. laying there. We need, yeah. You just gotta bring it all back to headquarters. Let them deal with it. I think we should tie up the like the hostage as well. They are tied up. Oh, like even the hostage? <laughs> Let's tie them up again. <laughs> they were tied up when they were brought, so they just were never untied. Uh, What's the point of her like using the syringe and then just like leaving? So I was expecting that he would just I don't know become like a Hulk. Yeah. You know, and start smashing stuff. Maybe we should pull the syringe out. Maybe that's when it starts. You pull it out. Can I, can I do, like, first before we do that, can I do, like, an arcana check to see if I think there's anything magical about this syringe operation? Uh, sure. I can use medicine, too. Uh, I got a 17. 
It doesn't seem like there's actually anything arcane about this. So can I just check, like, the... Yeah, you could do a medicine if you want. But just for the record, to make this easier for us, I'm going to tie them together. Chain gang. But so that they can kind of, like, walk. Okay, yeah. So I got 13. You're looking over the hostage, uh, like, the syringe is still in them. Clearly, it's, it's a dangerous place. It's right, like, the neck, mm-hmm. so... Thankfully, it missed any major arteries uh-huh. in them, but it's still in there. Uh, you take the black hood off of them, and you realize that it was a woman. It, it takes you a minute to realize who this was, but this is Gaia, who used to travel around all the time with Noir, who was like their partner that would ru- run around with them. Uh-huh. And you see their symbol on their left hand is all the way up their arm, and you can see it starting to creep up their neck, so it looks like they've died twice. There's, most of their skin is like turned to like stone and earth, and their eyes are just completely white, and they're just kind of like blankly looking forward. Okay, can I? I can't even try to hear. Can I try to use medicine like to wake her up, or? Sure. Yeah. Wake me up inside. That's what MC's singing as he's <laughs> running. So I got twenty-two. Twenty-two. You do your best to wake up this woman and. She's just completely unresponsive. And while you're all looking at this, uh, MZ comes running in. His hair's a little messed up and everything. He's a little wide-eyed. He's rubbing the sleep out of him. And you can also hear in the distance guard whistles. So MZ, you're now there with all of them. And uh, any gems that you guys wanted to buy, you can just kind of, like if you're looking like 50 gold piece gems, 100 gold piece gems, she just gives you like just straight price for whatever. She needs the money. Okay, I need a hundred gold piece. Yeah, so she she hands that over, no problem. Same with you, Drax, here, if you wanted any. I'm going to buy, like, five fifty gold piece gems. Yep, she'll gladly hand them. This will pay for her wall, so she is more than happy. (laughs) I just kind of hold my hands out, like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) There's this massive creature. It's, like, 13 feet tall. (laughs) It's laying in there. There's so much yellow blood. There's two cultists tied up and three dead ones. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Same thing. <laughs> same thing as always. Just trying to, just trying to shop. We got ourselves in some trouble. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie, did you buy that uh, panther amulet? The I'm wearing it. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you all are just standing there in this gore. You can hear in the distance guard whistles, and they're getting closer. Uh, I mean, we could always hand them over to them. Well, I think we should interrogate them. These are our prisoners of war. Yeah, we should probably head back to... Let's get Adol back to, back to headquarters. And, and interrogate them, right? Yeah, well, let them hold them at least, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, so, do you go towards the guards, or are you trying to avoid them? Uh, maybe no guards is better than guards. Even if we try to avoid them and they catch up, it's gonna look suspicious. I don't know what, what like, their rapport with, like, Elwyn is. We could just be, like, speak to Elwyn. You know the Chosen are affiliated with the city. They yeah. Like, yeah. help the city when dealing with issues like this. Like, I'm fairly sure they'd be okay. Okay. It just feels like a tra- It just feels like a trap, is all. It's the way he <laughs> asked. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, let's go towards guards. So the guards come like out of the crowd as you're leading these two. 
They have, like, swords brandished and everything. They're ready. They're looking. What the hell happened here? Oh, a bunch of, bunch of robbers or something. A bunch of tentacles and real weird shit. So, uh... We're, we're just gonna go back to, to headquarters, uh... How did that giant get into the city? Nobody even seen it. Did it come from the sewers? Guys better step up your shit. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right, we can just say the truth, right? Yes, it is a, a huge option. I can't say the truth. Yeah, so, I mean... <laughs> I'm incapable of saying the truth. Like, they, they were small in the beginning, but then they started to, like, to drain our strength. So they started to grow. And uh, that's pretty much the gist of it. But we shouldn't, like, spend a lot of time here. We really need to get those back to uh, to HQ. Uh, wh hold. Yeah. These people are responsible? Uh, yes, they are. Okay, some guards are going to come by your headquarters later to get more into this. We need the court mages to come look at this creature. If what you're saying is true, they could just start assaulting people and start draining and growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they start to get a lot stronger. And I point at like the like the flimsy one, not like the one that was extremely like weak. Yeah. The one that I killed, and then I just point to, and and I say, okay, so they started like that, and they and then I point like to the huge one, and I say and they became this. How long did that take? How did they grow over a few hours? Seconds. It just took them seconds. Oh my god. All right, um, we're, we're going to go talk to the court mages. Um, Stanley, you stay here. You got it, chief. And he goes and uh, he's like kind of kicking at the large one, looking around. And uh, this guy just goes running off. And you guys are free to go. The truth. Whoa. <laughs> truth brought us here. Truth will set us free. <laughs> Would have thought, eh? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Every time you've encountered law enforcement, you've lied to them immediately. <laughs> so you all start walking back to the headquarters. Some people are kind of looking at you because you're bloodied up. Like you have some hits on you. These cultists have markings on them. There's weird yellowish goo on you guys. You smell horrible. MC looks fine. <laughs> you well rested. <laughs> yeah. I'm well rested. So you're, you're walking back, and it's it's evening right now. You make it back to the headquarters. There's two luminous guards that are standing outside, these white glowing beings, and they look at all of you, and they message into the stone. They've brought two prisoners. And over the stone, you just hear Elwin's voice. All right, I'll be there soon. So you walk into this headquarter building. There's still a lot of people milling about. They're looking at these deep ones. They're discussing things. Um, a few more have, like, schematics laid out. You see, actually, some of the equipment that was in that laboratory that you went into before near near the port is actually here on some of the tables, and you see four bodies are covered in white cloths are also on some of the tables. And quickly, Elwyn comes marching out. His burnt orange robes are just, like, flared out around him as he comes up. What? What happened? I thought you were just going shopping. <laughs> that's that's our shopping. It turns out we can't do that anymore around here. Ugh. What happened? Well, our best guess is these guys wanted to come 
get their revenge for us infiltrating this other... Like the laboratory. We found a, a cult hideout in the docks, and we killed everyone there. Anyways, I'll just say they wanted revenge for us infiltrating their laboratory. The woman just shrugged. Saying, you wrecked our stuff. You're wrecking people. We're saving people. Okay, so back of my hand, right on her face. Because <laughs> I'm gangster boredom. I'm really starting to get pissed. You one day he's just going to borrow Ronnie's uh, gun and just pistol whip. <laughs> <laughs> she she takes the hit and just kind of like shakes her head a bit and just looks back at you and well, I'd hurry. That friend of yours doesn't have too long. And she looks over at Gaia, who you were kind of like carrying in, and Elwyn's eyes open wide. Gaia, she's been missing for weeks. Quickly, someone, bring her over. And uh, you see a few people come darting out, and uh, they quickly bring out this like stretcher, and they lay Gaia on it, and they carry her over. They're tossing a bunch of books and everything off these tables and laying her down on it, and like they're checking her eyes and like checking over her vitals. What did you do to her? And the woman just shrugs. If only we had a zone of truth right now. <laughs> if you let me go, I'll tell you how to save her. But you have to let me go. I mean, we, we probably have like a gazillion clerics here. Right? Doesn't need to be me. Someone has to, someone knows zone of truth. <laughs> probably. Well, let's just keep her here long enough until you can level up and take zone of truth and then we're all good. No, no, I, I have it. <laughs> Oh, then I, you have Zone of Truth? I, I probably have it. There's probably like a... But he's out of he's out of spells. Yeah. So. Oh, well, we'll deal with it tomorrow then. We can identify items and get some Zone of Truth going. But 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 maybe Gaia doesn't have a lot of time. That That's the problem. I, I give her about half an hour. Yeah, I'm mm. not going to like sleep like for half an hour. Like, um. I don't know, 15 minutes and then just get one... Oh, pray to your heretic god. Maybe if they actually care about you, they'll give you some power. Okay, I'm I'm going to just. <laughs> Is Gaia like made entirely of uh, of stone? Like it's just like. Almost. It looks like they were an Earth genocide, and it looks like as their powers kept consuming them, they became more and more stone-like. It's time, Lucas. Now I can use uh. Stone cunning. Stone cunning. Oh my god. Yeah, stone cunning plus plus medicine. What are you trying to determine? <laughs> Just add all my abilities together. <laughs> <laughs> if I roll enough stuff, things happen. <laughs> That's super mean because I got this stone cunning because you said that I would use it. And we never actually got into any cave. You've used it like three times. <laughs> three times?! Like, in three years, is it like one per year? Like, once per yeah. year? Okay. You know how many times have you seen invisibility? <laughs> yes! Like I points. do know, I've been counting. 45 <laughs> times. 45? <laughs> A session. Okay, so... So, I... Okay, Lucas, what I'm trying to, to figure out is a way to maybe remove the poison. Okay. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, rolls uh, medicine. And, and stone cunning. <laughs> or is it stone cunning that actually allows me to... I'll give you advantage on it. How about that? <laughs> and 21. 
If you had tried right away, right when this syringe got stabbed into her, you might have been able to take a lot of it out, but it's been a bit. So this stuff is circulating in her system. Like, there's got to be a cleric in here. There are clerics. People are trying to cast spells on okay. her and stuff, but, like, nothing seems to be working. Mm. Like, they're, they're, like, quickly trying. Like, people are trying numerous things while this is going on. Oh, okay. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use Charm Person on uh, the lady there. Oh, you do have a zone of truth then. Like a single person zone of truth. Kind of, yeah. Right? Is that DC 16? Uh, yeah. yeah it, so you cast your spell over her and she just uh, looks at you, smiles, gives you a wink, and then looks away. Okay, I mean, like, we're out of combat, so I can just keep casting it. I got a bunch of fucking tries here. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> how many, okay, how many times are you casting it? Well, I have it three times at second level, and four times at first level. Oh my one, god. Like, I got... Haven't you used, like, your other spells, though? Sinking Cloud is third level, right? Oh, I see, and you cast a fourth level and all that, so you... And I cast a fourth level Thunder, so I have all these fucking... See all of all your second and first level spells. This is the same day as like when you went into the the underground area. Oh, but I guess all you did was cast Stinking Cloud in there, and then you're just shooting your gun. Yeah. So. Did I cast anything else in there? Maybe, maybe I did. That's okay. We'll say okay. You still have a few tries, regardless. For first level, I don't know if I use any first level. All right, she fails the second one. Sweet. The spell goes over her. She did not expect the second one. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. Second time's the charm. It's true. Hey, Ronnie. Hey. Uh, so, um, in a bit of a pickle. Hmm. Really need to cure this lady. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any suggestions would be really helpful right now. I kill her personally. Uh, what we did was accelerate the consumption of her soul from the parasite. We've been experimenting a lot with Chosen, and that's how we created the Thin Ones. They're like a parasite, just like what's on your hand, and they just keep eating people and getting stronger. Okay. So I, I would kill her otherwise if you brought me to an area with supplies. I mean, I could try to create uh, a vaccine of sorts to stop this, but I would need to go now. Uh, yeah, I mean... So you could do it, like, she has, like, half an hour left. Like that, we're, we're still good? Hmm. It will be close. We'll see what happens. All right. Don't they have, like, a lab here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could just bring yeah. her there. It's in the okay. building. All right. Let's head over to Dexter's laboratory. Yeah. So how long does this last? An hour? An hour. Oh, you lucky bitch. Yeah, huh? All right, I'm going to roll three times. Actually, you know what? Just to make it fair, seeing I'm not fucking around, Evan, I'll let you uh -huh. roll three uh -huh. rolls. So you need two successes. Okay. With my charisma? Uh, no, she gets a plus eight. So you're you're like rolling her medicine checks to make this vaccine. Oh, okay. So you need two successes, and the DC is 16. What I do since I, I went with them is... To guidance. Yes. Yay. Every single time. Yay. <laughs> All right. Don't Good you job. dare, Lucas. Don't you dare. 17, 
25. Hey, there you go. All right. So she is working on this vaccine, and you see Gaia is choking, and her eyes are completely hazing over. You watch as more and more of her becomes stone-like. The tendrils of her symbol are starting to creep up her neck, and they're just starting to go up her jawline. As the tentacle comes from the back of this cultist, it picks up this newly created vaccine and she injects it right into Gaia. And you see Gaia start convulsing and she has to make death saving throws. So I'll put them in the chat. So she fails her first one. Oh my god. Fails the second one. <laughs> passes the third one. <laughs> and critically succeeds <laughs> the fourth Net one. 20. You watch as these tendrils, they are forming up her jawline, they stop and they start to retract back down to her clavicle. And she takes a deep breath and passes out. Well, Ronnie, looks like uh, our work's done here. Let's go. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> uh, I don't know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> to the jail, right? Away from here. Let's go to Waterdeep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you'll go. Things are really good for the church in Waterdeep. We have almost half of the city. <laughs> Ronnie's got a love interest now. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to keep passing charm person. <laughs> it's the only way Ronnie knows how to have a relationship. Like with his daughter, with his friends. I only need 24 uses of charm person. And I can have it going 24-7. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't sleep yeah. once an hour it's like a fucking nicotine patch <laughs> yeah she's let's go to water deep it's almost completely overrun by the cult that or not by the cult she would say by yeah. the church. <laughs> uh that's really interesting i did not know that mm. maybe we were told and i just wasn't paying attention that's definitely possible oh we've been trying to keep all the news out from there you know how it is uh, okay, cool. Uh, let's go tell all this to... Uh... Oh, Elwin's oh. there. He's <laughs> They're all there. I'm just going to be like, they've taken control of news media. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we own most of the media now in Waterdeep. We are putting out the good word. Everything is going great. All right, so... Where were you all going? Uh, to Waterdeep, I guess. It sounds like we're going to Waterdeep. <laughs> um... Elwyn, just, it, he looks exasperated. Alright, we we have to put her in a cell. We have some underground. Oh my god. Put her deep, deep underground. We have some that should contain her and her associate. Uh, we do have some manacles that will stop her from casting spells. And he clamps these like cold iron manacles onto both of them. This guy who's with her is just freaked out. He's like, I, I, just, I didn't know this was all gonna happen, man. He's waiting for some back-of-my-hand action. <laughs> okay. Did you want to talk any more to these people, or can we move them away? Because I have something to say to you. But not for their ears. <laughs> Whatever you have to say, you can say in front of my wife, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> have any of you listened to Ronnie's second prologue? No. Wait, Jason, I, you did, yeah, right? I, yeah, I did. Yeah, so you know about his... Uh, his marital status. Yes. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I'm so curious about it. But... <laughs> I don't remember any of this. <laughs> this is like half a year ago. 
You uh, you talk to your. It was like your manager. You were talking to him about your divorce and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So Elwin, uh, he gets someone to lead these two prisoners away. All right. So that's news. Um, are you still going to the town of Wellshire? Or are you going to go to Waterdeep now? I mean, it sounds like we should split the party, right? This is clearly. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very bad idea. <laughs> Is is that a, a good idea though? Uh I don't know. Uh Well the thing is, we only have the one carriage, so wherever that goes, everyone probably should go. Yeah. Um Or it'll take significantly longer. Is clearing out Waterdeep something we have to do, or is that something that the It's going to take an army, but you could definitely investigate it and see what's happening to give us a better idea. We don't have a lot of people to spare. Oh, we could probably get uh, portaled over there, though, huh? I don't know how bad it is. I hate portals. (laughs) (laughs) We could send you there, if you wanted. I don't know. What's everyone else think? Is Waterdeep and what else? Sorry? There's Waterdeep and the town of Welshire. You know there's going to be a play held in the town of Welshire called The King in Yellow. Yeah, yeah. Either of these you can go into. I think Waterdeep mm. would make more sense, right? It'd be more. It would. I think it'd be. I. I think the chance of me getting to be in a play sounds pretty fun. Uh, they they <laughs> trying to uh, <laughs> infiltrate a play, but they seemed really excited about that play. I yeah. Who's not excited about a play? They seem very. Uh, yeah, they got angry from what you read in the letter. I think it'd be. Oh, but it would be very, fu- very funny mm. if Brent came back and we said, "Well, we could have gone to the play." But instead, <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> but wait, I think we really should go to Waterdeep anyway. Waterdeep's a completely viable option. This this uh, part of the campaign, like you don't have the military structure now commanding you because it's pretty dismantled. Like they're pouring resources into you. Yeah, I'm just I'm just wondering if if uh, which one is going to end up being more. What if we, like, got someone or, like, hired someone to go to the play with, like, a sending stone and they can just tell us about it? You could totally do that, yeah. Yeah, and have them die. Yeah, sure. I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah, probably. Sacrifices must be made, poor one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could do that, but... Uh, how do we know, like, this person won't just betray us? Money. Oh, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So are are we thinking Waterdeep? I mean, we could we could send someone from the organization. They won't betray us. Yeah, that too. I guess. Well, do you know anyone that you would want to send from the organization? You've met a fair amount of people. Hmm. MZ's worked with people recently as well. Wasn't that guy whose name no one knows? Wasn't he like a detective? I'm joking. That's terrible. Hmm. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about a uh, fucking not Aaron Board? Uh, yeah, Aaron Board. Oh, it's always Aaron Board. <laughs> no, he was a drug addict. <laughs> oh, there. Oh, there were detectives in that episode. That's what happened. Fuck. There were, yeah. Um, they they actually were asking to meet with you a couple of weeks ago. Those detectives. You know, we did run into uh, a couple of kids. Uh, who seem very resistant to being charmed or persuaded in any way. (laughs) (laughs) 
Really strong minds on the youth nowadays. <laughs> really strong minds, yeah, I don't know. Damn millennials, they're destroying the charming it's, industry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, those detectives are part of the organization to some degree, or are they independent? They work for the city. They work for the city. Hmm. But I think they're probably somewhat real. Like, we could kill two birds with one stone. They want to talk to us, and we could send them out there. Because they are detectives. They'd probably be pretty good at it. Sure. Yeah, like blending in and, and this kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So two of you can go to the meeting with the detectives. This is mainly for my sanity, because I have to schedule something with someone to make this happen. But we will. So what two want to go speak with the detectives? Matter. I can go. Oh, what? Ronnie? Ronnie and Bordon? Good cop, bad cop. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty interesting. <laughs> You're good cop, bad copping the cops. <laughs> okay, Crash. Yeah, if we want to do that, sure. Okay, and uh, so you want to basically, what you're looking to do, just so I understand, you want to talk to these detectives, have them go investigate the play, and you'll go investigate Waterdeep. Yes. I think that's the plan, yeah. I would almost say we should do the opposite, um, because all we would... No, we're not going to the play. But but think about it, though, because like, we can't... like If something happens at the play, we could, we might be able to do something about it, but, like, if something happens in Waterdeep, like, all we're going there to do is, like, investigate anyway, right? We'd be, like, going there, seeing what's up, and then coming back, because we aren't going to take on an entire city. Yeah, you make a good point. Like, we're, at best, we're, we're just in gathering information there. But at the play, there could be something spontaneous that happens. Right. Well, I think, like, if, if, we're, if we're, like, as we're explaining to those detectives... You know, like the dangers that they'll have to go through. I feel that they would be more inclined to go to, uh, mm. you know, like to not go to Waterdeep, you know. Well, then what if we just leave it open and see like what they're willing to do? Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible. But but the city themselves would probably be more interested in what's happening in Waterdeep than what's happening at the play also. Yes, the city would be more invested in Waterdeep because Waterdeep's like the sister city. Like they have a lot of agreements with them. If we sent people to Waterdeep first, would that be smarter? Like, we send people to Waterdeep, they get a little bit of a, I don't know, a head start there. Yeah. We we check out this player, whatever, deal with that, and then we go to Waterdeep and take it from there, I don't know. Yeah, like, that maybe makes, I think that maybe makes more sense. For sure. We wouldn't be putting them in as much danger as we would if we sent people to this play. I have a feeling the play is going to be really, really bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just a play, Robert. Why would I send you to a really bad play? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Are you okay with that uh, their board on? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. That sounds good to me. All right, so I'll schedule a meeting with the detectives, and we'll get your supplies ready. Your caravan is completely loaded up. Uh, Sargoth saw to it that there was um, uh, some tools put into your room, Draxir, so that you're able to forge equipment. Thank you. So as you all are covered in this yellowish, gooish blood, Emsie's perfectly fine, and the two people are being led down into the prisons down below, you get ready to talk to the cops. Meanwhile... At a cavern just by Candle Keep, south of Sanctuary. 
Oblivion. I trust everything's in order. Yes. Your ship has been completed. Giles. That's Police Chief Giles, but I'll let it slide. It's fine. Oh, look at this thing. To think they sailed this through the stars. <laughs> I should have some luck with this. Now, how far do you think it'll be able to go? Were your repairs sufficient? It will be able to travel again. But you will need a powerful crew. You will need someone with arcane abilities. Oh, that's fine. We have lots of people here in Sanctuary. A lot of them are underground at the moment, but that's not going to stop us. The church thrives. We have helped so many people here, and they are willing to help us back. Don't you worry, Oblivion. Say, what are you doing after all this? Does Dorham have another mission for you? No. That's surprising. Well, I guess I haven't really heard from Dorham myself. They must be pretty busy. I have matters to attend to. In Wellshire. I'm going to look into... a play. These matters you have to attend to? They don't have anything to do with those travelers we're looking into? Perhaps. Elthazar has two people on this already. Oblivion, if you're hurting for things to do, we could have you look into something else. These travelers are already being looked at. I will go where I wish. Now you know it doesn't work like that, Oblivion. The corrupted have to follow a certain set of... orders. You might have your own personality in there somewhere, but the orders always take precedence. Death Shift must pay for what they've done. Is this because of the whole rerouting the caravan, getting you killed, maybe that other one, the, the stone lady? Well, listen, if that's just the only thing that's bothering you, get over it. So you died, so you became this weird shadowy monster, whatever. Everyone else has died, too. We're dealing with it. Hmm. Ship doesn't look too great on the left side. I'm gonna have to get my workers to patch that up. You didn't do as good a job as you claimed you did. It is flyable. Oh, kind of. Maybe. A little bit. Hmm. Well. Anyways, I believe one of the the gnomes, the holly something like that, is on this. And uh, the gentleman, the, the dragonborn. Bernard. Yes, delightful, delightful fellow. A little eccentric and very loved, it seems. But the Shining God does love them, so <laughs> that's that's what's important. Bernard gets in the way. He's got a big heart, I'll give you that. And sometimes it 
causes issues because he keeps thinking that he could be everyone's friend, but Bernard does good work. You can't go and kill Bernard because you're upset. I just might. My god, this is difficult to talk to you. You're not a fun conversationalist. You do know that, right? You're just one big ball of anger. Do you ever just have a night out in the town? Have a little bit of sherry and have a chat with some few new folks, maybe? Or play a game of darts? Or even go over to the dragon's horde and do some gambling? Like, just let loose. I cannot. I don't envy you corrupted. Stuck with the last emotion you felt. And yours was anger. Oh well. Not really my place. That's more Dorham's thing, and I follow Dorham's lead. Anyways, I think this ship is good enough. I should be able to travel there. If what they're saying is right, this pool should still be available. I'll need to contact Matthews. Alright, well, thank you for your assistance, Oblivion. It has been very appreciated. Now, off you go. Watch yourself. You don't scare me. I've lived through worse. Bye now. Never shopping for jewelry again. That was scary. As creatures popping out of other people. And what was with Borodon just slapping people? I guess when you're on edge, you're on edge because shopping already makes you irritated. So when the store that you're in, the front of it blows up, it's like double irritation, maybe even triple. That's fine though, I guess. But still, slapping people's wrong. Then again, they kill people. What kind of story are we telling? Well, it's got to be told. Got to be told. Well, travelers, I hope you enjoyed that tale. It was, it was quite the miraculous moment, I have to say. Uh, uh, Death Shift is really starting to uh, feel their strength and grow. Hopefully, they can keep it up because oh, there are some dangerous stories coming up. And travelers, remember, if you ever felt like grabbing some knickknacks, some dice, some dice trays. Uh, make sure you hop on over to Easy Dice Roller and you know, check out their sweet things. Like, we, we use the dice trays here. They're pretty good. It, that's, uh, just use the promo code BALLAD7DICE and get yourself 10% off your entire order. Well, travelers, I, I know this is a difficult time for everyone, even more so, it seems, as of late. Make sure to check in on those you care for and those you love. Just... You know, message your friends, message your grandma. You haven't messaged, you know, those those people that you keep meaning to message. You probably even have, like, a little list on a piece of loose leaf saying, these are the five people I'm going to message today. Just message them, you know, say, like, hey, love you, hope you're doing all right. Because, you know, it, it's important both for you and those people. Uh, travelers, I, I must be going. That dark blade person stole our bowl, so I have to go run down the street and go get it. Ah, oh, man, day never ends. Right, travelers? We bid you adieu. Oh, damn it. Hey, everybody. 
You want a new D&D 5th edition podcast to listen to? <laughs> well, I know I'm always looking for one. So guess what? I've got a recommendation for you. It's called Cheaper by the Dungeon. It's a Dungeons & Dragons campaign following the adventures of Zippy, Darian, and Normandy as they travel to become the greatest treasure hunters of all time. We've got some hardcore action. That's Five, 18 damage! 18 damage! Four, 18 damage! Three! You come through with an 18 damage, you're swinging another a buster! Swing. Another swing! That's another seven, it's 17 damage! Two! 17 damage! Seven! 17 damage! Comedy? Right. So, you wanna, you wanna bet on your friends? What do you wanna bet? Uh, they're very lives, I think. As high as it goes. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm ready to win Okay! And even some dramatic moments. You have chosen the path you've sown. Now travel to the depths. Alone. And I, with Royce, I grab him and I throw him over the edge. But most of all, this show is filled to the brim with heart. And we hope that you come and join our adventure and become a cheapskate yourself. Catch Cheaper by the Dungeon anywhere you get your podcasts. Check us out. Love you. All right, yeah, we did it. More treasure. I've got to find it. It's mine. Darian, I mean, that was that was so good. Wow, I'm, I'm amazed. Yeah.